Roger Waters named on far white Ukrainian hit list. The Kiev-based website has accused musician Roger Waters, a founding member of the rock group Pink Floyd, of anti-Ukrainian offenses. These alleged offenses include spreading anti-Ukrainian propaganda, collaborating in efforts to legalize Russia's annexation of Crimea, and the challenging Ukraine and challenging Ukraine's territorial integrity. That's a lot. For a musician to be doing... <laughs> the site displays screenshots of an interview that Waters gave to Russian media in 2018 along with general information about Waters and remarks about the war in Ukraine that the musician has made in recent interviews. For example, it cites his comments about Crimea, the U.S. State Department's support for the 2004 coup d'etat in Ukraine and the campaign of Russiaphobia. The site also quotes his characterization of Russians as brave, steadfast, and unyielding. <laughs> God damn it. At the bottom of the page, I don't know how to say that, calls for the newspaper calls for law enforcement agencies to intervene against Waters for his deliberate acts against Ukraine's national security, against peace, human secrecy, secu human security and international law and order, as well as other offensives. Um, I'm at Mayo Mayo Tvoretz. The newspaper reportedly was established in 2014 by Anton Gurchenko, former aide to Ukraine, Ukraine's Minister of International Affairs, Internal Affairs. It lists personal information such as address and phone numbers for some of the alleged enemies of Ukraine that it names. The site became uh, infamous when several people that it had singled out were murdered. These figures include Ukraine writers Olez Bizu, former Ukrainian legislator Oleg Konishnikov, and Italian freelance photojournalist Andrea Rocelli. Among the thousands of names that uh, blah, 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 the newspaper lists are those of journalists, businessmen, and politicians, both Ukrainian and foreign. In addition to that of Waters, notable names include Victor. Okay, so this is long and just drawn out. They're just really trying to get their words in. Uh, Waters is currently performing on his This Is Not A Drill Tour, which he wrote uses Waters' extensive artistic catalog to condemn the ruthlessness and of the ruling elite in the U United States and around the world. Virtually every song is dedicated toward pressing issues of our time, imperialist war, fascism, and the passion, poison of nationalism, the plight of refugees, the victims of state oppression, global poverty, social inequality, the attack on democratic rights, and the danger of nuclear annihilation. Wow. Uh, speaking of this tour, recent, uh, Waters recently said, I'm getting this weird feeling that unlike other gigs I've done in the past, this gig sort of feels like it might be turning into a movement of some sort. I'm not saying I'm leading a movement, but I am. what I am saying, I'm part of the movement and so many people in the audience are part of it or are capable of becoming part of it. That feels like we are really together and that we're really talking to one another. Indeed is precisely a mass movement based on international working class 
that must end the war and defeat fascism and imperialism. So this is weird. This is uh, the World Socialist website. <laughs> this is their article. <laughs> that, that's an odd. But I, I so it, you definitely can tell that they have a um, a, uh, a a bias here. Waters was correctly ar- Waters has correctly argued that the war did not begin with Russian invasion of Ukraine in February. The change of power in Ukraine in 2014 planned by Washington simply provoked Moscow to take further action. He said in a recent uh, interview with CNN that garnered significant attention. Waters flatly refuted the U.S. uh, State Department talking points that interviewer Michael uh, Schmirkenish, I can't say that name, he emphasized that the eastward expansion of NATO, which has carried out a violation of diplomatic assurances that had been been given to Russia was a major contributing con- contributing factor to the war. So what he he's saying he's saying that Ukraine and the United States are at fault here, and that Russia is just sort of reacting to NATO policies. So that's that that that's uh, uh, NATO. So NATO's encroaching on the border of Russia, which was promised that would not happen. Um, and that is exactly what's happening. So um, Roger Waters is defending, in a sense, Russia for uh, defending their their space. So uh, not a lot of people, that's not very popular opinion, especially because it goes against the narrative that the United States government, uh, you know, Ukraine government, half the world. I mean, I remember in February when all this went down, the whole world came together for Ukraine. And now that we're now, I think it's up to about eighty billion dollars that's been given to Ukraine in aid. Half of that coming from the United States. I think a lot of people are starting to be like, "Well, what's going on here?" It's like we're not in this hot war. The United States is not in this hot war, but we're over here like doing all these sanctions. Uh, we basically reinforced Russia's economy. We did not harm them at all. They're doing great with our sanctions because they're just opening up trade with China and stuff. So that's that's great. The only people really suffering from our sanctions are the people. And and, and, and you, we can even bring it down to, uh, to, to Twitch, this platform itself, is we have people, uh, streamers on this platform, who cannot receive uh, uh, bits or subscriptions because uh, of these sanctions. So... Uh, it, it's only really fucking over the people there. And the government seems to be just fine. People are making money. The oligarchs are making money. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, it's a party over there right now, I guess. I don't know. Uh, in any case, I, I'm not trying to be insensitive to what's going on over there because there are people suffering and such. But um, people are sort of, sort of, people are sort of starting to grow weary of what's happening. Hello, Moving Dutchman. Moving Dutchman! is Gandalf. What's up, baby boy? Good Thank to see you, my friend. Thank you for all that you do for this channel. And always remember, a Moving Dutchman is never late, nor early, but arrives precisely when he means to. Moving Dutchman, good to see you, my friend. We're just talking about Roger Waters is on a Ukrainian hit list. So the one of the founding members of Pink Floyd is now on a Ukrainian hit list for talking shit, which is hilarious and awful. 
but hilariously awful. Uh, so, you know, $80 billion later, uh, half of that d given by the United States, people are starting to raise a couple eyebrows, right? They're just like, hmm, or can I do it? One, there you go, one eyebrow. Mm hmm, hold on. Uh, to the fact that, you know, billions of billions of dollars are being donated to this seemingly endless war. Uh, Ukraine has made it clear that they're not going to back down, and Russia has made it clear that they're not going to back down. And I think what's going on here is that Roger Waters is calling for Ukraine to back down, and Ukraine doesn't like that. And, um, you know, uh, obviously there's a lot of... There is American interest in whatever Ukraine has, um, or else we wouldn't give so much, so many billions of dollars to this country. So um, something's going on more than what we, I mean, because there's always people, there's always invasions around the world, but we're not always involved in them. Is there always invasions? I feel like there's always an invasion somewhere. Someone's... Like not not like country versus country, but like we have um, like guerrilla military, you know, paramilitary attacks on different countries and stuff like that. Um, so those kind of invasions. But I don't know. In any case, I'm not really taking a side here. I'm just telling you guys what's going on. That's all. Some people are getting a little weary of all this money we're sending over there. And we're just wondering what's going on. So I'm, and, and, and me too. Um, it used to be all over the media and now we don't hear about the war at all anymore. So now that it's quiet down, wonder what they're doing over there. Wonder what they're going to do with all that natural gas deposits underneath the Ukraine. I wonder what's going to happen to those. I wonder what's going to happen to those once this is all over. Okay, so let there there's I found this picture of the website. I guess this is the picture of the website. So hold on. So here you go. This is them calling for Roger Wa Waters George Roger. <laughs> and I guess somewhere in here it says he's he's to be killed. <laughs> Roger Waters adds a Ukrainian government sponsored hit list. Russian political analyst Dara Djina, who was killed in a car bomb explosion in Moscow on Saturday, now appears as liquidated on the <laughs> liquidated. What the fuck? Liquidated on the Ukrainian online hit list. The site was created under the watch of the Minister of Internal Affairs. Sound like fake news. Uh, it's not fake news, Moving Dutchman. Roger Waters is l definitely on a hit list in Ukraine. Uh, the article was originally published, but letters know the IP. Okay. I've written about the Ukrainian hit list known as the Myro Tverets or the Peacekeeper twice before. The first time, uh, you, d you don't know. Yes, I do know, Moving Dutchman. You don't know. You're not the one that knows. I will post this to my fucking TikTok and that and solidify this as truth on TikTok, okay? Don't come for me, moving Dutch man. Mighty mighty! What's going on? Welcome. Let me get some mighty my love. Uh, 
Um, stop copying stuff. Whatever, bro. What? Whatever, bro. Uh, I've written about the Ukrainian hit list, uh, Peacekeeper twice before. The first time was in this article about the internet, uh, censorship. And the second time was when a 13-year-old Ukrainian girl, Faina, uh, was added to the list for publicly speaking against Kyiv's bloody war on, on Russia, speaking civilians in the eastern part of Ukraine, a region known as Donbass. Uh, screenshot of Faina's profile. Oh, shit. So, she's on the hit list, too. 13-year-old girl made the hit list because she was talking shit. Uh, is a database which lists thousands of journalists, activists, and anyone else who is declared an enemy of Ukraine. Their personal information is published, such as addresses of their homes, their phone numbers, bank accounts, uh, numbers, anything that can help them be easily located. When the people on this list are murdered, like Italian journalist Andrea uh, Rochelli was, the word liquidated written in Ukrainian is stamped across their pictures in big red letters. And as of August 22nd, Daria Dugino, who was killed in a car bomb explosion in Moscow on Saturday, appears as liquidated on the website, adding more credibility to Russia's assertion that she was assassinated by a Ukrainian nationalist who rented an apartment in the building where uh, Daria lived in order to surveil her prior to killing to her killing. It is believed that she was killed because of her father, Alexander Dugan, was preferred to as Putin's brain and Putin's spiritual guide in Western media, though these claims are really just more speculation. So look, they write this down. Liquidated. God damn, that's fucking rough. That's just some... Moving Dutchman! You better, you better calm your ass down. Kissinger's on it, too? <laughs> I can see why Kissinger's... So what I have, so what I have a dictionary too. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, okay. So Ron Gervonta's profile on this website. Um, the co-founder of Pink Floyd is known for his support of imprisoned WikiLeaks creator Julian Assange and for his opposition to imperialism and war as well as awesome for his awesome music loved by millions around the world. Waters recently referred to Joe Biden as a war criminal on CNN and said that Biden is fueling the fire in Ukraine. This war, the musician stated, is basically about the action and reaction of NATO pushing right up against the Russian border, which they promised they wouldn't do when the um, when Gorbachev uh, negotiated the withdrawal of the USSR from the whole eastern Europe. Waters also said that Crimea belongs to Russia because the majority of the people living in the peninsula are Russian. <sighs> He's just saying all the wrong things that people don't want to hear. Uh, the wrong star's views have outraged the pro-NATO crowd and their Nazi friends, as well as social justice warriors who froth at the mouth in support of Whatever the mainstream media declares to be the current thing, Waters, who has also been something of a dissident and anti-war, the way all rock stars used to be when rock and roll was still real, is attacked mercilessly by the woke crowd who are intolerant of all the lockstep with their views. Okay, so there you go. It, it's uh, Pink Floyd Roger Waters is accused of anti-Semitism. Here's all the things. So, yeah, I mean, this sounds like a blog. And it looks like someone just compiled all this information. Deborah Armstrong. So, obviously, this is someone who is leaning in a certain direction as well. 
Don't be calling it fake news, Moving Dutchman, because guess what? Jimmy Dore covered it! And if it's on Jimmy Dore, you know it's true, Moving Dutchman. Comment for me, how dare you. All right. One. Jesus. Basis is on a Ukraine website kill list. Roger Waters. <laughs> what? <laughs> like kill his podcast or kill him? Kill him. Oh. Roger Waters, the outspoken co-founder of the influential British rock band Pink Floyd, recently went off. Man, do you, can you remember? Remember how successful? You're a lot younger than me. So I grew up in that age. <laughs> China. They were so successful. Yeah. They, they were like almost, they were close to the Beatles. Yeah, but when I was in college, there were a whole bunch. Of- <laughs> I mean, China. <laughs> it's all China. People love Pink Floyd. People love Pink Floyd, yeah. I they love recently Pink went Floyd. off on about the Yuga. In a CNN interview earlier this month, Roger Waters called President Joe Biden a war criminal and accused him of fueling the fire in Ukraine. Both those things are 100% accurate, so you know he's going to get blowback for it. Waters also lambasted NATO for pushing right up against the Russian border, implying NATO is to blame for Russian invading Ukraine. He's not Ukraine. implying, he's saying it outright. He's saying it. <laughs> a notorious Ukrainian website, Myro Trubovets, I don't know how to pronounce that. That's Ukrainian for peacekeeper. They placed Waters on its list of people who spread anti-Ukrainian propaganda, which critics refer to as its kill list. Okay, so at least they don't say this is a kill list. Right. Myro Trubovets is a... Damn it, moving Dutchman! You're kind of right. <laughs> critics call it a kill list, but it's not an actual kill list. So you're kind of right, moving Dutchman. And that makes me mad. God damn it, it makes me mad. The controversial website that maintains a list of people doing it. In 2017, the United Nations called for Ukraine to investigate the site for publishing the personal information of thousands of journalists and deeming them enemies of the state. The European Union, G7 nations, and human rights groups have also castigated the site for including journalists on its list and called on Ukraine to investigate. I'm going to guess Ukraine did investigate. It's a ban list, but people end up dying on it. So, of course, it's going to get called a kill list. If people are dying on a list that's created by a a, a whole ass government. Don't you think don't you think that that that's somewhat accurate to call the kill list? If people keep on coming up dead that end up on this list, it does seem like it's a list where people end up getting killed. Kill list. All right, cancel Roger Waters. There you go. Moving Dutchman has canceled Roger Waters. There it is, everybody. <laughs> it's over. Roger's out. Roger's out. <laughs> it is also true that some of the thousands of people on Myro Trivet's list have been killed. Oh, I didn't hear this and all this stuff about her. Most recently, Dara Dugina. How do you say that name? Daria Dugina. Daria Dugina, the daughter of an ally Russian President Vladimir Putin. You too, mighty mighty? How dare you? Y'all just ganging up on me like that? All right. Vagina. So here's another article. Uh, Myro Trevets is a database which lists, okay, the personal information is published. Yep. Whoa. When the people on the list are murdered, like Italian journalist Andrea Rocelli was, the word liquidated is written in Ukrainian and is stamped across the picture in big red letters. Wow, that's morbid. And as, as of today, Daria Dugina who was killed in a car bomb explosion in Moscow on Saturday, appears as liquidated on the website, adding more credibility to Russian's assertion that she was assassinated by a Ukrainian nationalist who rented an apartment in the building where Daria lived in order to surveil her prior to her killing. 
For those who say Ukrainian kill list isn't a kill list, there's a screenshot from the Ukrainian site Myrovets where the photo of Daria Dugina is crossed out and it says liquidated. They are openly flaunting her murder. Boom! The daughter was only killed because she was using her father's car, right? I don't know. I don't know anything about that story. I just know about Roger Waters on the kill list. It is believed that she was killed because her father, Alexander Dugan, was referred to as Putin's brain and Putin's spiritual guide in Western media, though these claims are really just more speculation. <laughs> There's no connection. That's Listen, you better calm down, Moving Dead. You came in here with the spice. Came in here with the European spice, baby. Americans know everything. That's why we're number one in obesity. It's real that you can make between them. That's just some media thing. They start. It's really something. You mean that? You mean like between Saddam Hussein and uh, yeah, uh, weapons right. of mass destruction? They yeah. just made it up. <laughs> I mean, can they do that? <laughs> <laughs> it seems that almost anyone can be added to the kill list. Where is my name? Even Henry Kissinger's name is on that list, despite his long history of Russia phobia. But since he dared to air his concerns about how the U.S. is teetering toward war with Russia and China, Kissinger, who once suggested dropping nuclear bombs on Moscow, is now declared an enemy of Ukraine. Boy, they're not as forgiving as, say, Vietnam. And no. <laughs> Myro Trevets became infamous following the murders of two Ukrainian public figures in 2015 whose private information was published on the website. Oleg Buzina, a 45-year-old writer and journalist, and Oleg Kalashikonikov, a 52-year-old deputy of Ukrainian parliament, they were killed just a few days after the publication of their home and addresses. They dox people and then they put a, yeah. a good boy. Yeah, well. It's Jimmy The U.S. Dorr. State Department confirmed that the Ukrainian Ministry of Internal Affairs was connected to the website. Okay. So U.S. State Department confirmed that the Ukrainian Ministry of Internal Affairs was connected to the website. And acknowledge the publication of the journalist's personal data, but the U.S. government has taken no action to block the website. So there it is. Our own State Department has confirmed that the Ukrainian Ministry of Internal Affairs is connected to the actual website. So we do have a government-sponsored website that has an active... Uh, a, 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 um, uh, a Ukrainian-sponsored, government-sponsored website that has a picture of a international musician, uh, super famous Roger Waters on it, and that, and they also list other people who've come up dead, and fucking, they're calling it a kill list. It seems like a kill list. If it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, gosh darn it, moving Dutchman, it's a duck. Ozzy Osbourne moving back to England because he's fed up with mass shootings in America. Ozzy quotes, God knows how many people have been shot in school shootings, the legendary rocker says. Oh, come on. Shut up, Ozzy. Sharon! I can't even do it. Uh, Ozzy, uh, plus he's old as fuck and probably easy for his body while he's still alive back in the U. Yeah, and you know, he probably, hey, moving down, but thank you for the 17 biddies. Uh, for the, make, making a whole hundred biddies. Making a whole hundred biddies. Ozzy is a pussy. Oh my God. Moving down, but you are just the biggest fucking <laughs> curmudgeon. <laughs> I love you. You keep me, you keep me pure. Moving Dutchman, you keep me pure. Uh, okay, so uh, 
let's get into this uh, this article. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne is fed up with America. The legendary heavy metal singer has revealed that he and his family are moving from Los Angeles back to his native England because of the ongoing mass shootings in the United States. Um, by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Ozzy Osbourne is dying currently. I know we're all dying currently, but he is like dying faster than most. <laughs> he has some sort of disease. Everything's fucking ridiculous there. I'm fed up with the people getting killed every day. I can't do it. Never mind. God knows how many people have been shot in school shootings. And there was that mass shooting in Vegas at that concert. It's fucking crazy, Ozzy Osbourne said in a new interview with The Observer, referencing the Route 91 harvest shooting in 2017, where nearly 60 people died. Uh, and more than 500 were injured, which there's a big conspiracy around that. There Apparently, there was more shooters than just one. But we're not going into that because we're a music podcast. And we don't talk about anything that's not music related. Ozzy added that he's fearful of dying in America. I don't want to be buried in fucking forest lawn. <laughs> The 73-year-old musician says of the celebrity-filled cemetery in L.A., I'm English. I want to be back. But saying that if my wife said we've got to go and live in uh, Timbuktu, I'll go. But no, it's just time for me to come home. Uh, Osborne's wife and manager Sharon noted during the interview that America has changed so drastically. It isn't the United States of America at all. Nothing's united about it. It's a very weird place to live right now. I have to admit, I'll concur with that. Uh, of course, he is dying faster than somebody else. It's a miracle that he's still... <laughs> it is. Hey, hey, this motherfucker, this motherfucker snorted ants, brah. Okay? Get on, get on Ozzy's level. This dude is, is a machine. Um... The couple who celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary in July plans to sell their Hancock Park mansion in Los Angeles and move to the 350-acre Buckinshire State in early 2023, according to The Observer. Ozzy is reportedly planning to build a music studio in the UK home where he mentioned the possibility of recording an album with former Black Sabbath bandmate Tony Iommi. Tony Iommi burned the tip of his fingers off. And he plays with uh, a special, like, special fingertips or something. We should look into that. I want to know what the fuck that is now. I used to know. Hold on. Um, Tony Iomi fingertips. Factory accident. At the age of 17, Iomi lost the tips of his middle finger and ring fingers on his right hand in an industrial accident on his last day of work in a sheet metal factory. Iomi described how he was told you'll never play again. It was unbelievable. So he uses thimbles, I believe, right? He uses thimbles with fucking uh, leather wrapped around him. Uh, let's try to find a video, actually, because I want to see this son of a bitch. Uh, let's see if this talks about it. What the fuck? Do we have to like sit here and watch a video? All right, let's see what this says. The complete story of heavy metal. Where's the big pick thing? Where, why can't I make this bigger? This is mod. It's mod. It's in Birmingham. In the Midlands, which was an industrial town, very industrial, much like your Detroit, really. 
I was doing um, welding. I actually liked the job, uh, to be honest, but my main thing was music. Yeah, when I was, I think, probably 13 or something like that, I had my first guitar. Before that, in fact, I had an accordion. I played accordion because all my family played accordion. <laughs> I met this band called the Birds and Bees, and they asked me uh, to come and play with them. They were about to leave for Europe. Um, so I rehearsed and, uh, and was all ready for it. Right. It was my last day at work. I went home for lunch. What a bunch of bullshit. Can you imagine your last day at work? You're about to go out on tour and shit, and fucking this happens? I said to my mother, I'm not going to go back. And she says, you go back to work. You finish off. Don't you let them down. Oh, it's his bitch mom's fault. To work. They put me on a, a huge machine, a massive thing. And I didn't know how to work it. And as I was pushing the metal into the machine, it came down with <laughs> such a force. And bang. And it just trapped my fingers. And as I pulled my hand back, I pulled the ends of the fingers off. There was <sighs> blood going all over the place. I don't even remember how I got to the, the hospital when somebody arrived with uh, my fingertips in a matchbox. And they were, I mean, they were just as far as the hospital was concerned, I could never play again. I was extremely depressed and very down, and the manager from the factory came to visit me at home. Really, really nice guy. And then he told me the story, of course, about Django Reinhardt, who had lost his fingers, you know, through the fire. And it really, wow, and God, and it really inspired me to, to really get on with it and start. That's really cool, because Django Reinhardt was an amazing guitarist who only used these two fingers, or these two fingers i should say and he was able to do fucking amazing things with two fingers incredible guitars fucking and uh just just fantastic and um uh, pretty much created and created a whole genre of jazz music so yeah awesome hospitals are so negative those docs need to think more positively <laughs> i agree uh, yeah he was <laughs> I'm trying to play because they were so my fingers were so sensitive and painful that I got a washing up bottle and I melted it down into a ball and then I'd, I'd sit there with this big ball on my finger of plastic. It was very difficult because you couldn't feel the strings and the strings they made in them days were very heavy and certainly very heavy for me. I made my own sets up and then I dropped the gauge down to make a light set of strings and in fact that was the first official Whoa. light gauge string ever made. That's I had to try dumb. and make whatever I could sound big because of my disabilities. I came up with another sound by tuning the guitar down. I wanted more gain, a dirty sound, more aggressive and more raw and fat. That's so I plugged cool. it into the bass socket of the amp, which gave it a bit more sort of pump. And that was my sound then. Of course, losing my fingertips was devastating. But in hindsight, it created something. It made me invent a new sound and a different style of playing and a different sort of music. So really, it turned out to be a good thing off a bad thing. But what does he use for? What does he use for his tips? That was some plastic bottle. But what does he use for his tips? Hold on, fingertips. I, I swear to God, he uses like a thimble and like leather wrapped thimbles. Let me see. Let's look at him. Go faster, stupid. All right, let's take a better look. Look at that. Like he has these like weird little things that go over his hand. Like I don't even know what that is. Like what are those things? What are these things? What's happening here? Let's look at these. 
Wow, look at that. And he has some like weird, look, it looks like a finger. <laughs> I think they're thimbles. Finger foreskin. <laughs> he does have finger foreskin, yo. Oh, balls. Oh, look at that. God damn, that sucks, bro. And Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, I'm not Jimmy. Uh, what's the dude's name from the dead? Jerry Garcia. Jerry Garcia chopped off one of his fingers in an axe with an axe when he was a kid. Oh, God, that's crazy. Anyways, let's get back to our story here. Uh, where is it? Boom. All right. Uh, all right. So he wants to make a, so he wants to create a, he wants to build a recording studio and make an album with former Black Sabbath bandmate, Tony Iommi. In early August, Ozzy reunited with Black Sabbath during the 2022 Commonwealth Games in his hometown of Birmingham, England, performing alongside Iommi as well as bassist Adam Wakeman and drummer Tommy Kluftas. Uh, the iconic metal group played their 1970s classic Paranoid for a crowd of 30,000 at Alexander Stadium, which I've seen them play that loud live. Uh, Black Sabbath fucking murdered when I saw them. Uh, the gig was Osborne's first show since he underwent major neck surgery earlier this summer to realign pins in his back and neck inserted after 2019 fall at home. Wow. Osborne has also been working on solo music, his upcoming Patient Number 9 is slated to release on September 9th. Oh, look at that. And it's going to feature Chad Smith of the Chili Peppers, bassist Robert Trujillo, Hio, Trujillo, Trujillo, who's a great bassist, Eric Clapton, who everybody hates now, I guess, Pearl Jam guitarist Mike McCready, and Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins, the late, great Taylor Hawkins. Cool. I didn't know that. Um, and then, uh, so, so Ozzy has some disease is it some regenerative or degenerative disease um let's see what he is no god damn it i hate this video it always plays every time uh ozzy is dying ozzy always sad interview oh my time's going to come Yeah, he has a fatal disease. Uh, let's see what this is. Ohio, we're headed to incarceration, music, and tactics of rock and metal with your tickets at the link. Mortality in a his mortalization. Ozzy Osbourne is speaking about his mortality in a new interview with Classic Rock. Ozzy has faced a litany of different health issues over the last few years, including a major fall in his home, which left him hospitalized, an intense battle with pneumonia, and the revelation in January of 2020 Parkinson's. that he has been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Also, back in 2003, right. Ozzy crashed on an ATV and has reportedly had lingering neck issues from that. Then, during the pandemic, he was unable to perform and now his farewell tour dates have been moved to 2023 wow. as he continues to work on recovery <laughs> from look all... At this, look at his sweater. Someone knitted that sweater, so that <laughs> has a little skull on it. It's just very funny to think that someone was sitting there knitting all nice and peacefully, a little skull on a sweater. Recovery from all of those issues. You recall back in 2020, Ozzy Osbourne and Sharon appeared on Good Morning America and revealed 
that he had Parkinson's disease. And then he says he was first diagnosed with the variation of it back in 2003. He said at the time, I'm not dying from Parkinson's. I've been working with it most of my life. I've cheated death so many times. If tomorrow you read Ozzy's never waking up this morning, you wouldn't go, oh my God, you'd go, well, it finally caught up with him. Then towards the end of the interview, Ozzy was asked about his mortality. He was asked if this was something that he thinks about. He wrote, at 70 fucking three, I've done pretty well. I don't plan on going anywhere, but my time's going to come. He was also asked about whether or not he would do the Osbournes again. A very interesting question. One of the best reality shows ever. He said, I don't know. I don't regret it. But then again, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. It was real. It wasn't scripted in any way, shape or form. And by the time year three came along, Sharon sat us all down and said, what do you want to do? Do you want to carry on? And everyone just said, no, the kids were doing drugs and alcohol and I'd gone back out on the booze. When you've got a camera crew living in your house 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it gets a bit crazy. Yeah, I bet. Man, that was a good show, though. The Osbournes were such a good show. What a fucking day. Yeah, just stop touring. Just go and enjoy the end of your life, bro. Yeah, man, you know what? That's the thing about artists is art, like doing your art is what keeps people going. Going. I mean, look at these these old fucking artists who just live until, like, B.B. King lived until he was, like, 90 or something, right? Fucking Ray Charles was, like, late 80s, just touring, touring until they died. Tour until you die. So I, I'm, I'm with that. I mean, I don't even want to tour now. <laughs> like, I wouldn't mind doing, like, a weekend run or something like that. But I don't, like, basically, Raina and I have, a, like, a weekend run coming up in, in September. We're going to be doing that Willie Town, And we got another gig nearby. So we're going to be running around touring. <laughs> Not really, though. I guess that's what keeps Ringo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what keeps those beats tight, son. Thanks again for the stickers. I got to bounce it later, everyone. Later, Naders. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. It was great to hang out, and I'm glad that you received your stickers. And I look forward to seeing your picture in the D. And I will look at it as soon as I can. I promise. Uh, anyways, but but uh, Ozzy is fucking the shit, man. Uh, I've always been a fan of Ozzy. I mean, Black Sabbath is incredible. Fucking his solo career is incredible. I mean, Jesus Christ, Ozzy's the shit. And I don't think he might be a pussy though. He might be a pussy. Moving Dutchman, he might be a pussy. You never know. I don't know. Uh, all right, let's finish this video and get back to the article here. Or no, we are. We wish Ozzy all the best. I know he really wants to get out there back on that farewell tour. Hopefully next year. He will be ready to do so. A lot of people say that he he's being forced to perform or something. Who's forcing Ozzy to do anything? What the fuck? Get out of here. Fresh. Britney Spears details alleged family abuse, says she had a secret relationship during conservatorship. Oh, I didn't know she had a secret relationship. In an extensive message shared with fans, Britney Spears detailed that the alleged abuse she faced during her conservatorship while also revealing that she had a secret relationship. In the since-deleted clip per Billboard, uh, Spears expressed her belief that the whole situation involving Jamie Spears' conservatorship over her was a setup. She described how her much-publicized involuntary hospitalization in 2008 came as a shock to her, and she had no drugs or alcohol in her system at the time. She was held down on a gurney as over 20, 200 paparazzi watched on. Wow. 
has to be stressful. Okay, so there, there's a lot to this story. There's a lot to this story. So uh, obviously we all know that Britney's just got out of her conservatorship not too long ago. She's got married to a, 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 a beautiful young man. And uh, she's not really talking to her family right now. And she, what was the latest thing? Oh, she recently uh, deleted her Instagram in lieu of her release with uh, uh, Elton John, which is a remake of, what was the remake of? Oh, well, okay. They remade one of his songs. I think, was it Benny and the Jets? Was that it? I don't know. No, I don't think it was. Britney... New song, Elton. Hold me close. Hold me closer, tiny dance. Thank you, Bonnie. Yeah, it was tiny dance. So here's the thing. I'm gonna speed it up. Oh, it's already sped up. I was listening to it on one seven five, one point seven five, but I'll put it on one point two five for our overseas friends, so that so it's not too crazy. You really know what that feels like. All right, so. We'll start from here. On in my head that I haven't really shared with anyone, really. Um, and I've had tons of opportunities, Oprah, interviews, um, to go on a platform and, and, and share um, hardships and or, or just really anything oh, sure. thing that's going on in my mind. And I really don't think any of that is relevant to um, getting paid to tell your story. I feel like it's kind of silly. So um, um, I'm here, <clears throat> honestly, just to open myself to others and try to shed a light on if anyone out there has ever gone through hardships or whatever it is. Bon Bon, I'm with you though. I'm like, I watched this shit on two times because I ain't got time for this shit, bro. I gotta, I gotta, I read my books now, our uh, audiobooks now are in like 1.5. I don't fuck around. Like, I'm reading like a 20 hour novel right now or listening to a 20 hour novel right now. Pff, I'm about to listen to that bitch in like eight hours, son. That's how I do. That's how I do. Yeah, Raina doesn't like it either. She's just like, what the fuck? How can you even enjoy this? It's like, bitch, I got shit to do. I ain't got time to be sitting here listening to it at normal ass speeds. Uh, exactly. And people talk so fucking slow. Yes! Yes! They talk. Like, there's this video of this guy who's like, he even starts the video like, if I sound a little funny, it's because I have a neurological problem i'm like bitch this is how you're gonna talk the whole fucking time putting it on 2.5 guess what he was talking just normal just like this he was talking about Jimi hendrix and about how he was murdered by his uh manager and his uh, ex-girlfriend which is just a conspiracy i don't know what really happened well bitch i don't speed it up that's how i am <laughs> well, bitch, I don't. You like it slow. <laughs> you like moving Dutchman likes it slow. Bonnie likes it fast. So speed it up. Let's go. Move it on up. All right. I don't know if we'll listen to all 22 minutes, but we'll we'll get as far as we can. And it is on 1.25. So I have to make it a little quicker than that, than just regular. It's just to put a light on it. And so that person doesn't feel alone because I really know what that feels like. Hey, I haven't honestly um, shared this openly too as well because I've always been scared of the judgment and the definitely judgment. the embarrassment of just 
of the whole thing, period. And the skepticism and the cynical people of what, um, and their opinions of what people would actually think. I do think I'm in a place now where I'm a little bit more confident that I can be willing to share openly um, my thoughts and, uh, and what I've been through because I haven't really had that outlet to share completely openly for so long. Just that that's completely acceptable Brittany. thank you so much for sharing your thoughts because it, it, the fact is is that she's been clamped down for many many years and if you i, I follow her on tiktok so all of her stuff she was doing on instagram she is now doing on tiktok and i like the silence part too less is more <laughs> Moving Dutchman's out here swinging dick, son. ...thoughts of other people and what they think or what they may say. And I think it's crucial for my heart and my head to be able to speak openly about it as if anyone else would. Well, the actual conservatorship actually started, I think, 15 to 16 years ago. I was 25. When it started, I was extremely young. Um, I remember a lot of my friends texting me and calling me, and we were extremely close, and they wanted to see me, but by what had happened... Um, Honestly, still to this day, don't know what really I did, but the punishment of um, my father, I wasn't able to, you know, see anyone or like anything. Um, so, and you have to imagine none of it made sense to me. I literally spoke in a British accent to a doctor to prescribe my medication. And three days later, there was a swap team in my home, three helicopters. And I remember my mom's best friend and my two girlfriends. We had a sleepover the night before. They held me down on a gurner. And again, none of it made sense. Um, Literally, the extent of my madness was playing chess with, when um, it was playing chase with paparazzi, um, which is still to this day one of the most fun things I ever did about being famous. So I don't know what was so harmful about that. Um, but I remember my mom was sitting on the couch and yeah, right. she said, We've heard people are coming here today to talk to you. We should probably go, you know, to a hotel or something. And I never really understood what she meant. I didn't believe her. Like, is a lawyer coming here? Who is coming here? Then four hours later, there were over 200 paparazzi outside my house videotaping me through a window of an ambulance holding me down on a burmer. I know now it was all premeditated. And a woman introduced the idea to my dad and my mom actually helped him follow through and made it all happen. It was all basically set up. There was no drugs in my system, no alcohol, nothing. It was pure abuse. Um, and I haven't, haven't even really shared even half of it. Wow, that that's wild, man. I I couldn't imagine being young, like, cause when that all happened, she was what she said, she was twenty five. I mean, even twenty five. God damn. And and when we publicly saw her melt down, it was just such a, it was such a spectacle, and everyone made such you know we were horrible to her, I, me including South Park. <laughs> South Park was the best. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are dicks, but yeah, it's poor Brittany indeed. Uh, I, I, you know, with age comes perspective, and I can see now that you know she was just hurting. And could you imagine just all the control that you thought you had taken away? That's crazy. I think the main thing I do remember when it started was my dad's control. He loved to control everything I did. I remember the first day he said, I'm Britney Spears and I'm calling the shots. And I'm like, alrighty then. Um, my brother was a football player. My dad was really, really hard on him when he was younger. Um, really abusive. And I think when 
my mom gave him the idea for the conservatorship and his friend I think he just really like regrouped it and made such a really really overhauling big deal out of it and it was just really too much I remember him always being in the office and um my girlfriend was his assistant and they would just stay in there all day with the door shut and I was never ever able to leave or go anywhere my first job after the two weeks of being hospitalized and <laughs> completely traumatized out of my mind um I did a TV show called How I Met Your Mother, and then I started working on an album um, called Circus, um, and started working away, right away. Holy shit. So you have a mental breakdown, you're thrown in the mental hospital, and then as soon as you get out, listen, bitch, get up there, start shaking those fucking titties. You got to go on How I Met Your Mother. I kind of remember Brittany on How I Met Your Mother. I can't remember what the scene was, but I kind of remember that. And it's it was so close to her breakdown. It's, it's crazy. Because I do remember that there was like a sudden change. Like all of a sudden, Britney was like, I'm Britney, bitch. You know, like I'm not, I'm not, you know, like I, I, she wasn't doing any more, you know, she wasn't out in the public anymore. It was just over. All of a sudden, Britney's just working. That's it. I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. All I do remember is I had to do what I was told. Um, I was told I was fat every day. I had to go to the gym. I had to just, and um, I never remember feeling so demoralized and just, they made me feel like nothing. And I went along with it because I was scared. I was scared and fearful. I didn't even really do anything. And I had like a swap team and how, like none of it made sense to me. So since that day, I did probably four and a half tours. I did an album circus, um, Femme Fatale, Britney Jean, and Glory. And then I started doing a um, Vegas show in uh, Las Vegas. And I did that for four and a half years. Wow. I do remember working and I got to a point where, you know, because my pride in my 30s, I have to live under my father's rules. And, you know, the dancers are playing and drinking and having fun at nights in Vegas. And I couldn't do anything. And I remember just being like, my performances I know were horrible. Like I even wore wigs and all the dancers were doing all these nice, sexy head flip turns. And I had conditioner treatment in my hair and like these little um, caps over my head and just during a whole show getting conditioner treatments just with wigs on because I was just like a robot. Honestly, I just, I didn't give a fuck anymore because I couldn't go where I wanted to go. I couldn't have the nannies that I wanted to have. I couldn't have cash. Um, and it was just demoralizing. So I. Circus seems like the perfect name for the situation that she was living in at the time. I agree. Uh, all eyes on me in the center of the ring. Whew. She was the dancing bear. <laughs> <laughs> Riding the bicycle with a stupid hat on. <laughs> I was kind of like in this conspiracy thing of people claiming and like treating me like a superstar, but yet they treated me like nothing. Well, for some reason, um, I started to get a spark back. I remember recording Glory, and for some reason, I think producing and making music, and I went to this little Spanish house, and I got the fire back in my eyes for some reason, and um, it was at the end of recording Glory, and um, my son named it, and uh, things started kind of taking a turn because I started getting more confidence just for myself, and I think with confidence, um, people kind of like, oh, wait, 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 what's going on now? Like, she's speaking up a little bit more. But it might not be particularly a good thing if I'd been quiet for 15 years. 
I think with confidence comes enlightenment, which makes you think better. And that's the last thing they wanted me to do was to actually be better. Because then who would be in control then? But it was really tricky because I had to just play this role that everything was okay all the time. And I what did she say confidence does? Confidence gives you what? Be better. I think with confidence comes enlightenment, which makes you think better. I don't know. I don't know if that's a true statement. Maybe for her that was, but there's some dumb, confident people out there who are just constantly finding themselves in shitty situations all the time. Um, oh man. There's this lady at my work who has that sort of blind confidence. She's like, man, they're trans, blah, blah. I, I, I love them and leave them. Like, she has this whole, like, thing. And then she wakes up this morning, just this morning, she tells me, she's like, yeah, I saw on my boyfriend's or, or my fiance's phone that she, he received a snap from one of his, from his ex-girlfriend. So she opens up his phone because dude don't have a lock on his phone. His phone's just wide open. <laughs> and she goes through his shit. And sure enough, he finds that he's been fucking her. He's been that he's been telling her I should have been with you this whole time. I miss you. I love you. All this thing. So she finds that this morning, and um, meanwhile she's paying for an Airbnb that her and her children and her fiance are living in. Okay, she's paying for an Airbnb because she doesn't have a home. Her credit sucks. Um, she's basically homeless with like three kids, and some. And she was telling me earlier in her life, like when I first started sort of met her, which which is such a weird she was telling everybody this. I if if I found out that my partner was cheating on me the morning I had to go to work, I wouldn't go to work. <laughs> like I'm not going to work. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not going to work. We're having a chat. Um and um yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't tell anybody. I would be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed that I was with somebody who would step out on me. So um I, I wouldn't say shit. Um but 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 the um but yeah, she has this sort of blind confidence, but her life is terrible all the time. And it's so weird. So I don't I don't think that confidence gives you enlightenment. It can it can be enlightening to to find confidence though. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm breaking that down too much. Let's get back to it, shall we? I'm just rambling. And that's the last thing they wanted me to do was to actually be better. Because then, who would be in control then? But it was really tricky because I had to just play this role that everything was okay all the time. And I had to go along with it because I knew they could hurt me. So, I'm sitting here, like, my friends all drinking alcohol and having fun in these parties and had no cash. I literally felt like a nun. Um, my girlfriends from home came to visit me in a spa and I couldn't even walk into the spa and they had their feet doing pedicures in the water and the three ices of champ bottles of champagne before my show just sitting there and I wasn't even acknowledged by them, my own hometown friends, and they would come to Vegas and it was just, um, it was demoralizing, I will say. You also have to understand it's like, you know, 15 years of touring and doing shows and I'm 30 years old under my dad's rules. And all of this is going on, and my mom's witnessing this, and my 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 brother is witnessing, and my friends are witnessing it, and they all go along with it. And I'm like, how am I the one working here and doing all this, but I don't get the side things that um, the good stuff, you know? I, I want to be able to play. I want to be able to have fun. Like none of it made sense to me. 
God damn, your family and your hometown friends are just sitting there enjoying your money that you work for and not even acknowledging her, not even fucking, you know, going along with this weird shit. It's just, just basically indentured fucking servant on like, on like infinite level, right? Because it's not just, this, I mean, she's serving you fucking money by the fucking truckloads. Like Brittany's, Brittany made a lot of money, still does, right? So it's. There's a lot of money to be made there. There's a lot of money to be had. I can't believe it. I mean, that would just suck. I don't know. Hats off to this woman for enduring all that abuse. Well, the last show in Vegas ended 2000, I think, 17. I went on tour, which a tour I was forced to do, but I was supposed to do a new show. So the new show came along. Um, I rehearsed, I think, maybe four days ago. I don't really remember, but I went to one of the rehearsals, and I said no. To a dance and I was like, no, can we do that? I don't want to do this. And then I just remember everything got really weird and quiet and all the directors and producers went in the back room and just spoke. And that was it. And I was like, well, I don't know what's going on. So we all just kind of like, you know, what happened? And then the next day I was told that I was had to be sent away to a facility and um, that I was supposed to say on my Instagram, the reason why is because my dad is sick and I need treatment, which was I, I didn't want to go ever go there. I, I, I remember my dad calling me on the phone and I was crying. And I was like, why are you guys doing this? Like, what? And I just remember him saying, it's you have to listen to the doctors. The doctors are going to tell you what to do. I can't help you now. And I remember his last words were, now, you don't have to go. But if you don't go, we're going to go to court and there'll be a big trial. And you're going to lose. I have way more people on my side than you. You don't even have a lawyer. So don't even think about it. So I did it. I went to the place. God damn, money will have your father talking to you like you are a fucking piece of shit. God damn. I was scared out of my mind. And none of it, again, made any sense of what they were doing to me. And again, I, I haven't wanted to share this because it's unbelievably offensive, sad, abusive. And honestly, would anybody believe me? I remember the main thing of when I was in that place that my heart felt like it was frozen, like it was stuck inside. I wanted to scream and I wanted to get out. And... I think by a needle and thread, it was the breathing peacefully inward that I missed the most. I felt like I was in a state of shock, almost like when an old person feels helpless and they're literally going through some sort of shock treatment and they can't relax their body because they don't have the answers of why they can't have their own keys to their car and put it in the mission and walk outside and their own security guards at every door saying they can't go, sitting down, drawing six balls of blood every week, um, weak as hell. And then calling, and my family is in Destin at my beach house. God damn, that is fucking rude. Um, wow. Wow. That's, that is such lockdown shit. I mean, they were just drawing blood. Ooh. Can't have the own keys to their car and put it in the nation and walk outside and... Couldn't have the keys to her own car. Security guards telling you no. And you're paying for all this. It does remind me of a nursing home. I mean, I, there's people, I, I, it, you know, most of you know that I work at a high-end uh, nursing home, nursing facility, where we take care of elderly folks. And the people that I serve with, cook, because I'm, I'm the cook for them, is they're, they're trapped. They're locked. 
it's locked in. Everyone else gets to come and go. Obviously, these people need like assistant living and memory care. These people are have dementia or something, and the people assisted living needs help getting around and stuff. Um, but these people are locked in, and it's their money, and it's a lot of money a month, and it's their money, and they are locked the fuck in with a bunch of people who don't want to be there, are telling them what to do, when to shit, when to eat, when to do shit. Do you imagine working your whole life just to fuck, and then you just for your retirement to be fucking just being told what to do, when to shit, when to eat, when to watch TV, when. And she was just a young lady, fucking rich as fuck. Their own security guards at every door saying they can't go, sitting down, drawing six galls of blood every week, um, weak as hell. And then calling, and my family is in Destin at my beach house. It didn't make sense. The main thing, I, I, to this day, I kind of stopped believing in God at that time because I didn't know how they could have 40 people leave my house a day and me work from 8 to 6 at night. Be seen changed every time I changed in the shower. No privacy, no door, nothing. How did they get away with it? And what the fuck did I do to deserve that? I couldn't even smoke cigarettes. People on death row can smoke cigarettes. I missed my AA meetings. Although I was kind of forced to go to AA, and I'm not even an alcoholic. I actually enjoyed it because I thought the people were brilliant. They shared their stories just to share their story um, and in a circle of women and men who just are trying to be better people and trying to touch other people. Um, I missed my AA meetings. I couldn't go in. I couldn't have the keys to my car, no cash, no cigarettes, no door for privacy. It changed me. Day, watched me change naked every day. I, I did work seven days a week. No weekends were off. They monitored what I ate. Um, from 8 to 6, I work. Sometimes at 9 o'clock, I'd be able to watch a movie. But finally, the owner of the whole facility that I, I was always texting to try to be able to go somewhere, just get out of the house, that, 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 that place somehow, um, he had to let me go um, because the Free Britney campaign came out um, with all the pink T-shirts. I saw it on a lot of the morning shows and people by word of mouth and I think just by my fans knowing by heart that something was up. I remember one of the guys were on an interview on the street and he said you know what i could be totally wrong and if i'm wrong i'll be really really embarrassed and i'll just go have a drink somewhere he said but i do feel like something they're doing something to her right now and i'm not surely what it is but that's what my heart says but the whole thing that made it really confusing for me is these people are on the street fighting for me but my sister and my mother aren't doing anything um to me it was like they secretly honestly liked me being the bad one like i was messed up and they kind of just liked it that way otherwise why weren't they outside my doorstep saying baby girl get in the car let's go good good point Brittany. but the answer is money little girl your money yeah exactly that is the answer and control the dancing bear and you get the money that's like that that is some philosophy right there you're philosophizing right now uh moving dutchman that, that that's some deep shit right there control the dancing bear that's what I say every day. Control the dancing bear and I'll get the money. Control the dancing bear in my head and I'll get the payoff. It's true. Look at that. Deep shit, son. Levels. Moving Dutchman is an onion up in this bitch. I think that's the main thing that hurt me. Um, I, I couldn't process how my family went along with it for so long. And I mean, almost five, almost half a year, you know? Um, and their only was response was, 
We didn't know. I'm like, I'm on the phone telling you right now. I'm here. Please. Eventually, by the grace of God and praying on my knees, I left the place. Um, but I was still scared. I was really, really scared. And um, from then on, I had support. I needed a lot of support. Um, and I found two really, really great people that would come to my house week- weekly and just help me with my mind because I didn't understand all the therapy that I had to do there. But why have therapy when it's forced and in like a militant, almost prison-like way that like is where you don't, you're not even all there and none of it made sense. None of it makes sense. It doesn't. Uh, you had your Coke Zero, so now you're feeling it. You're feeling it. You're feeling that uh, the zero in it. Uh, the Coke Zero has the it still has caffeine though, right? I've grown to like Diet Coke, Moving Dutchman, which I never thought I would say that, but disgusting. I I I I, I like it. It sucks because I don't like drinking soda. Well, I think my strength grew because I didn't reach out to my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, movie Dutchman. Brittany works for Pepsi. You got the switch. Not anymore. Um, and he, they were playing the game of ball and twist of, you know, she's going to come running back to us because, you know, we've scared her and we're the bosses here. But I didn't. I just stalled and I stalled and I stalled and I stalled. And finally, I think they just knew I wasn't going back. And I finally got a lawyer, a, a wonderful friend finally got me a lawyer. And he really helped me through it. To me, the thing was, I think the trauma of all of it and, and, and just the whole thing together and going down to how much effort and work and heart I put in to what I did when I did work, even down to the details of how many rhinestones are going to be in my costume. And I cared so much. And they literally killed me. They threw me away. That's what I, f- I felt like my family threw me away. I was performing for like thousands of people at night in Vegas, the rush of being a performer, the laughter, the joy, the respect. I was shaking over 40 people's hands every night before a show, training weekly, three training sessions a week, AA meetings, therapy sessions. I, my dad literally, I was a machine. I was a fucking machine. Not even human, almost. It, w- it was insane how hard I worked. And the one time I speak up and say no in a rehearsals, to a fucking dance move. They got pissed. I feel like the scare tactic and how badly they treated me in the end, I think they thought I was going to come begging back to work again because I was. they thought, you know, I needed them. Because um, they, they did. They put me in an ignorant, scared state of mind to make me feel like I needed them. And if you don't um, do what we say, we're going to show you who's boss. A fucking machine. Brittany was a fucking machine. Let me tell you something about Brittany back then. She was a fucking machine. <laughs> it's the taste of a generation. I sometimes have Pepsi Zero too, but not the same. Moving Dutchman, I agree, because today at work, we ran out of Diet Coke, so I had to have Diet Pepsi, and it is not the same. It is not the same. J- IJS. It is not the same. I didn't play their game anymore. Yeah, Brittany. Tell me. I got on my knees every day and I prayed. I held on like a needle and thread to some sort of existence because they had made me feel like nothing for so long. I knew in the deepest, deepest part of my core 
I knew I'd done nothing wrong and I didn't deserve the way I'd been treated. I do think the hardest thing for me was I wanted to use my feet and leave and run or go somewhere. Mm. I had to be placed in a chair from like eight to six every day. I, I couldn't take it. I talked to rabbis. I've talked to grown men about it. And they're like, we don't see how you did it. Honestly, I don't either. And through that, I, I remember saying, I don't believe in God anymore. I honestly deserve an award for acting like I was okay every day. I thought they were trying to fucking kill me. I remember one time I was backstage and I needed my inhaler. Um, and I opened up to my assistant because um, I had my phone with me, which I'm not supposed to have my phone underneath the stage. But I said to her, you know what I'm doing. I was talking to a guy and he wanted to just leave the country with me. We had it all set up to just leave. And it was a secret relationship. And I said, my biggest fear was what would my dad do? If I did do something wrong, what if I left the country? What, and what if they found me and wow. what would they do? And I said, I feel like they would lock me up or something or really hurt me. And she looked at me and she said, are you kidding me, Brittany? Your dad would never do that to you. And I didn't even do anything wrong. And he still did it. I'm honestly more angry at my mom because I heard when reporters would call her at the time and ask questions of what was going on, she would go innocently, innocently hide in the house and she wouldn't speak up. It was always like... I don't know what to say. I just don't want to say the wrong thing. We're praying for her. I feel like she could have gotten me a lawyer in literally two seconds. My friend helped me get one in the end, but I truly, I, every time I made contact with a firm, my phone was tapped and they would take my phone away, away from me. And again, I get nothing out of sharing all of this. I have off offers to do interviews with Oprah and so many people, lots and lots of money, but it's insane. I don't want any of it. For me, it's beyond a sit down proper interview. I had no contact in that place for so long and my heart would just want to stand up in my family's faces and scream and cry and throw a tantrum and go back in time and do exactly what I wanted to do at those times. Yeah, and might even spit in their fucking faces. Why? Because the pain my family gave me, sitting me there all day and not being able to use my feet, is they watch their grandchildren run basis to base in a family neighborhood as if I'm dead or I don't exist. Honestly makes me look up and say, how the fuck did they get away with it? How is there a God? Is there a God? giving eight balls of blood weekly, not being able to stand up. I was so, so, so weak. And my family's at my beach house. I was scared, broken. I'm sharing this because I want people to know I'm only human. I do feel victimized after these experiences. And how can I mend this if I don't talk about it? I have an amazing song right now with one of the most brilliant men of our time. And I'm so grateful. But if you're a weird, if you're a weird, introvert oddball like me who feels alone a lot of the time and you needed to hear a story like this today so you don't feel alone know this my life has been far from easy and you're not alone wow that uh that's powerful shit man that is powerful shit